Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Wednesday. We have got a loaded show for you. Hour one. Usually he comes on in hour two, but he's headed to the Caribbean again. Our guy Jeff Schwartz is going to dive into the show, and so he'll join us here momentarily. We'll talk about all the latest NFL news and more with him in segments two and three of Hour 1. In Hour 2, we'll check in with Dan Wetzel, our guy, Yahoo Sports National Columnist. In Hour 3, our girl Casey Smith will join us from Boston. She'll talk about the decision of who's going to win the Eastern Conference in the NBA now that the Celtics have moved into the lead by a half game. But I think the lead story this morning is the Golden State Warriors giving up for dead after they decided to rest everybody and lost, what was it, three games in a row, I think? And they were limping into the end of the season. They went on the road and played a really tough team in the Houston Rockets and got the win and moved to 60 and 14. And now the question is going to be, and I don't know if they've reported what exactly they're going to do because they've got a back-to-back and everybody seems to rest in back-to-backs. Will they play all their starters against the Spurs and just go for it and go ahead and lock up the home court advantage throughout the NBA playoffs? Or will they rest their players knowing that now that they have a two and a half game lead over the San Antonio Spurs with whatever the math is here, and I'm always bad with live math, I think they only have eight games left. And many of those games are at home, and you would think it's pretty hard to lose them. You look at this Golden State schedule the rest of the way. All right, they've obviously got a tough game against the Spurs tonight, and that'll probably be our lead story if they actually start everybody. That game is going to be on 
at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN tonight could be basically, if you look at the way the Cavs are playing, a early preview of the NBA championship, the Warriors against the Spurs. I think the Warriors and the Spurs, if you look at what the Spurs did against the Cavs, two best teams in the NBA this year. I think the Cavs have fallen off the radar. I think the two best teams in the NBA this year are the Warriors and the Spurs. And so I don't know. Uh, The Spurs are a a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I don't know whether the Warriors will start everybody or not. But even assuming that they do lose that game, they still have seven games left, and the vast majority of those games, six of them, are at home. It's hard to believe that they will lose very many of those games. They'll have the Rockets again, Wizards, T-Wolves. They go on the road against the Suns, who can't beat anybody, so that should be a win, even if Booker goes out and scores 70 points. And then they've got the the Pelicans, the Jazz, and the Lakers. I mean, the final three games of their schedule are, uh, are, are pretty easy. I know the Jazz have had a good year, but all three of those games at home. So I wouldn't be shocked if they decided to rest their starters against the Spurs. Danny G. Robert, has there been any official word about what the expectation is for this game tonight, whether ESPN is going to get screwed again. <laughs> screwed again. <laughs> Every signature game they've had for the last couple of weeks, the top players have not played. No, there's been no official word yet, Clay, but after what Adam Silver has said and you know all the scrutiny, I, I doubt they're going to be resting stars again. You'd have to think they'd be crazy to do that. I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I were Steve Kerr and I've made the point that I'm going to rest guys all season long, now that you beat the Rockets and you've got a tough back-to-back coming up in San Antonio and then you look at the rest of the schedule and they finish with six out of seven at home, I, as much as I would like to see a game that matters against the Spurs, I think you look at the rest of the schedule and say, eh, I feel pretty good about us winning six out of seven of these games remaining. And if we do that, then there's no way that the Spurs can catch us, even if we risk uh, everything and decide to rest everybody in this game head to head. Now, if they went out and they beat the Spurs head to head, then it's over. You know, they'd have a three and a half game lead with seven to play, six at home. In the to the extent that it really matters to them very much, they would have everything locked up. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but I, I just I had there have been several major NBA games that I have looked forward to and put on the television, only to find out that nobody who's any good is going to play. So. I don't know what the answer is going to be, but I, I, I'm kind of curious. I'll be watching this game tonight and uh, and, and see exactly what is going to transpire. Um, the uh, other kind of interesting news is the fallout continues for LeBron James. And, and I don't know what is going on. I said in hour three we're going to talk to Casey Smith about this. I really don't know what's going on with LeBron this year, and we talked quite a bit about that yesterday on the show. But I feel like most people haven't even paid attention to the fact that the Boston Celtics, for the first time really all year, unless you count the first couple of games of the year, have moved into first place in the Eastern Conference. And I know some people, I was listening to my guy Cowherd, and he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. LeBron James is going to to be in the finals no matter what happens. I'm not buying that. I'm really not. And I think it's possible that that's not the case at all and that the Celtics end up winning the Eastern Conference, or somebody else does. Because the Cavs still have to go play at the Celtics before this uh, season is over. And I think the Cavs are going to lose at the Celtics. I think the Cavs had a good chance of not being the Eastern Conference favorite. 
And if they're not the Eastern Conference favorite, then you start looking at these standings and the way they're playing right now, something is a little bit awry. I don't know what that is. I don't think they have any chance if they're, if the, if they're the two seed. I don't think that Indiana has any real chance. Let's assume that the schedule stays pretty much the same. I don't think Indiana has any chance of catching them uh, in, in that first series. But if the Heat, the way the Heat have played, ended up the seventh seed and got a shot against Cleveland, I think that would not be an easy series. And then you move on to playing Atlanta. Well, Atlanta's not awful. I just, I, I'm not sold on the idea that the Cavs are just going to sweep right into the finals in the NBA and that we definitely know they're going to win the Eastern Conference. Are you guys still sold, Danny G and Robert, on the idea that Cleveland is going to be the representative from the Eastern Conference and have zero doubt about it? Because I, I'm not convinced anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't say zero doubt about it in a couple of months on your show. And I, I got to take some credit because I'm not right very often. But uh, remember, you asked if we thought anybody could catch the Cavs. And I said, yeah, that I thought the Celtics could do it and that Isaiah Thomas was the most exciting player to watch in the Eastern Conference right now. And even though even though the Celtics are in a good position right now, you still have to think that the Cavs are going to hit that switch and turn it on when they really need to. Yeah, we'll see whether or not that's the case. But I just uh, – I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I mean, I think it's clear right now the two best teams in the NBA are the Spurs and the Warriors. And I would like to see them play tonight as kind of an early preview as we move in close to the beginning of the month of April uh, with only a couple of weeks left of the NBA season. And then we're going to have to wait two months to see these guys actually play again. I'm just not sold on the fact that what we based on what we've seen so far that anybody's going to actually trot out their starters and make something happen there. I, I just, I, I don't know. Are you guys paying attention at all? And I don't know if anybody even pays attention to this. Are you guys paying attention to what's going on with the U.S. trying to qualify for the for the World Cup? Next year is the World Cup. I feel like a lot of people are not even aware, and it's going to be in Russia, which has its own dramatic situations, given what's going on with Donald Trump and everything else. But last night, the U.S. in a late-night game went down to Panama and got a tie. So they're in pretty good shape. And a guy that I was just checking to see how many Twitter followers he has, this, uh, this soccer player, Christian Poyasik, uh, is a 18-year-old. And I know we've had a lot of star American soccer players that were supposed to become really transcendent players for us for years ahead. And Obviously, the guy who immediately comes to mind is, is the guy whose name is immediately escaping me right now. The 13-year-old that everybody thought was going to be, you remember him? The, uh, the, the 13-year-old that everybody thought was going to be the next great American soccer star. Uh, and he Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu, yes. His name totally escaped me. Freddie Adu, who barely plays, I think, in the MLS now, he's totally vanished as a star. I remember watching him on uh, Do the Rounds on ESPN at like 13, and they thought he was going to be the next great thing, and he never developed. Well, Pujasic is there. I mean, he is that good. He set up a goal last night for um, for Clint Dempsey, and it was a work of art. It was a really e- one of the easiest goals Clint Dempsey has had in his entire American soccer career. And uh, we're in pretty good shape uh, with that tie and uh, and and the idea of uh, advancing. A win would have been better after we went up one nothing, but it's kind of snuck up on me that the World Cup is not far from here. And next summer, we're going to be kind of intrigued. But I'm somewhat optimistic now with the new coach 
that uh, that things can go in the right direction there. So if you are someone who pays attention to soccer, there you go. You can't say that we're not well-rounded here. I'm actually a pretty big soccer fan. Next year, when the World Cup is going, we will be spending a lot of time on that. It would be actually really cool, and I have no idea how that would work, if we got to go to Russia um, and see what that's actually like. I can't imagine how wild that will be uh, with Fox having the World Cup and doing it in Russia in the midst of a Trump administration, it's going to be a total mess. Total insanity, but it would be an awful lot of fun. In the meantime, my guy Jeff Schwartz is going to join us. He's pretty fired up. He texted me and said, I can't wait to talk about this Colin Kaepernick mess. And he thinks that the way the media is covering it is a joke. Eight-year NFL veteran. And so I think you guys are probably going to enjoy what Jeff Schwartz has to say about everything surrounding Kaepernick and more. In the meantime, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Up next, it's Jeff Schwartz, our guy, talking the NFL and more. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Introducing new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets because when you need to go fast, sometimes you need to stop even faster. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Joined now by my guy, Jeff Schwartz. Usually he joins us on Wednesday in the second hour. This morning, he's joining us in the first hour. Jeff, what's up, my man? How are you? I'm good, man. Just uh, hanging out. About to go on vacation, so I'm enjoying this retired life. (laughs) That is a good life. That's not bad at all. All right, so where are you headed on vacation? St. Martin. Didn't you just come back from the, the Caribbean? I did. We went to the Dominican. We had all these trips were planned while I was still playing. Um, and this is like a, I have like a, a vacation club thing I'm in. So the St. Martin thing, we got a house. We're bringing our kids and our nanny. So it'd be, uh, it'd be a fun trip. St. Martin, I think, has a nude beach. Um, probably. I mean, I think they have oh, a, they ha- St. Martin. I lived in the Caribbean for a few years. I think they, St. Martin has like a Dutch side and a French side, right? Aren't there two different they, sides to St. Martin? They have, yes, they have a Dutch side and a French side. Yeah, and and yeah, I'm sure we'll go to the nude beach. Yeah, I mean, I, Maybe the, I'll go I, nude. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I can't think of anything better. I've seen you naked. I can't think of anything better than seeing you naked on the <laughs> beach, too. Um, so we're talking to Jeff Schwartz at Jeff Schwartz on uh, on Twitter. Um, I'm curious here. You said you texted me and you said, I want to talk all about this Colin Kaepernick situation. You played offensive lineman for eight years in the NFL. You have worked on a variety of different offenses. You've played with guys from Cam Newton to Eli Manning to, I mean, who Alex Smith. Like, who are all the different quarterbacks? Matthew Stafford a little bit when you were with the Lions. Yeah. Who, how many quarterbacks in the league right now have you played with on the offensive line with them lining up behind you? Um, Jimmy Clausen, who's still playing. Matt Moore, still playing with the Dolphins. Uh, I was injured with Cam, but in, in practice, Cam yep. was there. And then Christian Ponder's not – he's still in the NFL, I believe. I don't know if he's with the Niners or not. No, he signed with somebody yep. um, recently. Um, and then Eli and Alex Smith and Stafford. So a lot of quarterbacks. A large variety of different quarterbacks, a lot of whom, like we just said, are in the league. So you have experience dealing with a, a large spectrum of quarterbacks, whether you know from stars that have won multiple Super Bowls like, uh, like Eli Manning to guys that are fighting to make rosters and are trying to earn second or third string backup roles. So when right. you hear about the Colin Kaepernick obsession and all of the stories that have surrounded Colin Kaepernick, what is your thought about this story? Well, 
I think it's very nuanced, and I think this is a problem with with society is we don't discuss the entire spectrum of the story. Do I think that owners and you know GM personnel uh, don't like him because of his stand? Yes, that is true. Um, do I also think that people don't think he's as good as other people think he is? That's also true. Um, you know, there's a report yesterday morning that came out that he wants nine to ten million dollars, and a lot of the argument. Previously, was that, you know, well, Geno Smith signed. Well, Geno Smith signed for $2 million, I believe. E.J. Yep. Emanuel signed. He signed for the minimum. Uh, Josh McCown signed. He signed for one year, $6 million, right? To me, I think that I mean, Cats can still play. I have him ranked anywhere between like 20th and 23rd best quarterback, right? So he can still start in the NFL. Um, but, you know, teams might not view him in that way, and he might be asking for too much. You know, Josh McCown starting for $6 million. Um, so, you know, I just don't, I think that we're losing. This idea that may, that it could be both. It could be that that teams are upset with him, which I think is true, um, and it could be that teams don't think he's very good, and it could be the middle where teams would sign him for a certain number. He doesn't want to meet that number, and um, you know the teams that that could use him right now. It's about eight teams that could use him. Also, all have quarterbacks that could they could possibly take in the draft. I think that there's a lot of things going on here besides just the political part of it, and we are just totally ignoring that because people like Cap. And I see people going out there and trying to write these articles proving that he's a good quarterback. Well, if you have to write the article, then that's a problem, right? I mean, you, you know Tom Brady's a good quarterback. You know Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback. I think Cap can still play. He can still start. Um, so I just think we're going out of our way because we like the guy and we like what, his, what he stood for to make a point. And, and lastly here, you know, this is, I'm going to know I'm rambling, but you know, if he signs, let's say he signs after the draft, with a team, is that enough? Like, what, what do you want now? Do you want him to make $15 million? Do you want him to make 10, 12? Like, what's the end point for you to be happy? Um, so, all these things kind of, I think we just don't talk about. We just talk about how it's all political. And yes, that's a part of it. But also, I think a part of it is, is that people are skeptical about how good he is. You are a fairly middle of the road guy, like me. Correct. Um, you know, politically. And. I feel like I'm just getting hammered over the top of the head over and over and over again from liberal members of the sports media that I'm like a bad person if I'm not rooting for Colin Kaepernick. And I want to ask you this, and I I think you probably agree with me on some level about that too, and that people who are on social media, like you just said, they aren't diving into the nuance. They aren't thinking, okay, there might be a lot of teams out there that would consider signing Colin Kaepernick for $3 million a year that don't believe he's anywhere worth 9 to $10 million a year. And I think that's an important nuanced aspect of this story as well. Here is one that I think is fascinating that I'm the only person in sports media so far who I've heard talking about. Yesterday's show. I brought up the fact that Jay Cutler, who signed a $100 million deal, who has been a starter in the NFL for a long time, who is still only 33 years old, is not signed and is a complete free agent. And I have not heard anybody at all talk about the fact that Jay Cutler is available to sign as a free agent compared to Colin Kaepernick. Why do you think those two stories are not getting equal attention? Where do you think Jay Cutler would rank? He's got to rank somewhere around 24th or 25th best quarterback in the NFL right now, too, right? He's right around where where Cap is. Almost identical. Yeah, and, and, um, you know, I think no one talks about it because no one likes Cutler. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to, obviously. Uh, And people like that Cap, you know, stood for something and all that. And that's that's all fine and good. I get why both people feel that way. And, you know, to me, if you were to take out – the protest part of Kaepernick, and you were to say, if you were looking at the situation, him and color and both, is that um, 
they could be waiting for an opportunity to come up. Um, you know, they could see, let's say, let's say you're the Browns, right? I think, I think Cap would do well with Hugh Jackson's system. I thought he would have done well in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan's system. If he had stayed, he would have made the team, I believe, he would have been their starter. They don't have a quarterback right now. I don't see them drafting a quarterback at two. I think it would have been a good spot for him um, to stay. But, you know, they could be waiting for the draft. So let's take the Browns, right? So the Browns could get Garoppolo. They could get Deshaun Watson. They could get Kaiser, right? So it's possible might not be true. It's possible that Cap and Cutler are just waiting to see what happens in the draft. And the next day after the draft, the Browns might not get Jimmy G. They might not get Deshaun Watson. And they say, hey, look who's available. Here's Kaepernick. He'll start for us. I mean, so there's this. that's also at play. Um, and that, it goes both ways for Cutler and for Cap. And now, because of the protest, everyone just wants to worry about that's the reason why he's not signed. Um, so I think that we're just overlooking these things that could also be true as well. I asked the question yesterday on the show, what is the limit that somebody could do from a legal perspective that would be unacceptable? In other words, I think you would agree with me. Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the NFL, right? Yeah, most talented, yes. Most talented, best, whatever you want to say, okay? If Aaron Rodgers had taken a knee during the national anthem to protest anything, anything that's going on, like let's say anything, then... He would the same. Let's say it's the exact same thing as Kaepernick's protesting. If he then became a free agent, I believe thirty-two NFL teams basically would be trying to sign him, right? If they could get the right price, they would inquire. They would see does it make sense? Because if he's the best, theoretically, he would come to your team. He would start. He would make you more likely to win a Super Bowl. That's an interesting test, right? Because it it really puts you on the spot when you say how much of what Colin Kaepernick is having happened to him is because he not just because he protested, but because he protested and he's not as good as, let's say, an Aaron Rodgers. So I I don't buy into the protest as being the biggest issue because I think, again, Aaron Rodgers, 32 uh, NFL teams would try to sign him if he'd done the exact same protest as Colin Kaepernick. In fact, given how much the liberal sports media would lose their mind over Aaron Rodgers doing that in a favorable perspective, you can even argue that that might help his marketability. Okay, that's crazy, but let's, (laughs) let's accept that. Okay, what is something that Aaron Rodgers could say or do that you, as a guy on the NFL team, would say, I don't feel comfortable with this guy as my quarterback? So I think there's an important distinction here um, as far as the players. Okay, yeah, the players, I want to start, I wanna start with you. Like, Do you care okay, at we, all about any, any kind of political beliefs that Aaron Rodgers would have if you're a player? I don't care about anyone's political beliefs as long as they can win on Sunday. And do you think and, and, and do you think most most NFL players are like that, right? They don't care about that. Like yeah. all they care about is you making the team more likely to win. Yes, that's all we care about, and that's why you saw Cap win that award for what, the best. I forget what it was. You know, like the best teammate or whatever, whatever San Francisco's version of that was, because we don't care. And then we also see that Cap, you know, give him credit. He has donated his own money. He has set up this, you know, this this uh, relief for Somalia. Uh, He's done these things, so. And he seems like a good person, so people will like him in the locker room. It's the guys that write the checks. They are the ones who um, decide who play, you know, who makes the team or who we're going to sign. So that's an important distinction there. Um, so, look, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers could say that would – I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think that anything your, your talent always outweighs – 
um, you know, what you say as long as you can perform. I mean, I, you know, I looked to Michael Vick in, in some of these, you know, examples because of what, you know, what happened with him. It's not, he didn't say anything, obviously, but he went to jail. He was a convicted felon, and, and Andy Reid still thought he could play, and they signed him in Philadelphia. Um, so if you're going to, you know, Greg Hardy got signed in Dallas. Uh, you know, there's a situation where guys are bad people. I'm not saying Cap is a bad person, but they get signed because their talent dictates that the distraction that they might have can be overlooked. Um, and and that's kind of where I I don't know what he could say. I mean, I, if Aaron Rodgers I came out, out and, yeah, I threw out the ISIS thing because I'm trying to think of the most ridiculous thing he could do. I said, I just, I just if he converted so to like Islam, that. I don't think people would care, right? If he converted to well, Islam, well, I don't I think played, people would I, care. I played with I played with with and you're Jewish. No one, yes, no one cared. No one played, cares at um, all. Um, no, I played with uh, Abdullah in uh, Kansas City. He was a nice guy. We didn't care. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it didn't bother me. It was we had some fun conversations. I mean, we you know religion gets talked about in the locker room all the time, and and um, no, it was totally fine. I mean, I think that I think that if if you're looking at this situation from a player's perspective, we don't care. I mean, we I mean, I know there's players that disagree with Colin Kaepernick, as um, there are you know as other are in the, in the media and in the public as well. But look, if he can win a football game for me, I don't care. I don't care what you do in your private time or what you believe, as long as you come up on Sunday and you help me win a football game because that's how we get paid. Winning, um, and that's the only fun, really fun part about the NFL. Um, then who cares what you think and what you believe? All right, I'm going to come back to you on the flip side. You're good to stick with us through this break, right? Yep. You don't have to hop on a plane and go somewhere fancy. Uh, let's go to trending now. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. And, Jeff, you know this, but it's a sign of how dominant this show has become that I now get paid to tell you this. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Have you ever almost gotten hit by a train before, Jeff? (laughs) I have not almost got hit by a train before. I grew up in Los Angeles. There's not many trains rolling through West L.A. at the middle of the day. Uh, all right, so I'm trying to come up with something that Colin Kaepernick could come out in favor of that would cause him to not be signed. If Colin Kaepernick suddenly converted to Islam, I think he would still be signed. We just said that going Aaron to the Rogers. break. Like, yeah, Sorry, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, if Aaron Rodgers converts to Islam, I think he would still be signed. I don't think people would care. If Aaron Rodgers then, in a commentary while discussing his belief in his new Islamic faith, said also that he had sympathy for ISIS based on the way that he reads the Quran. Do you think that that would impact whether owners would sign him? Or is he so talented? And the reason why I'm using this example is I'm trying to think of something that is so controversial that even the best quarterback in the league would get blackballed by some teams. Or do you think teams would be like, you know what? He's not saying anything illegal. We don't agree with him about ISIS. But he's really damn good at quarterback, so we're going to sign him anyway. Oh man, I mean that's such a hypothetical. I mean, I, I I'm trying I to think, think of the most owners, the I mean, most. I have to think some owners would be upset about that. I mean, I think we. I think as play, I think actually as players, people would probably be upset if he said that. But um, would he and, still play and, in the NFL? Who? Um, probably because he's that I mean, good, I mean, right? You know, that's that's he, my he, argument. Yeah, I mean, I just think I yeah I I agree. I mean, if you look like I said, I mean, I use examples of couple players that you know did criminal you know criminal activities and greg hardy wasn't convicted of anything but um yeah i think that look i mean nfl has been you know they might tell you that they want um you know all these excellent guys and they're gonna you know and domestic violence is bad and we're not gonna stand for it but look joe mixon's gonna be drafted 
in the first, you know, late first, second round. And you think you he's going to get it, signed it, that high? You think he's going to get drafted that high? I mean, that's just. I haven't talked to anybody. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a draft guy, but I f- follow people that that study the draft and, and say these things, and that's where they, you know, uh, put him at. And, and there was a lot of interest in him in, in his pro day, and um, I think teams overlook, you know, the transgressions if you can help them win a football game. It's not. Look, I mean, this is the way the NFL has always been, though. I mean, it's not a, it's not a perfect, um, you know, shiny new toy that that that's perfect, right? I mean, it, it, there's some blemishes and some things that go on behind the scenes that people wouldn't like to hear about. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, and I think that a lot of fans kind of recognize that. And I've always said it's the same thing in your own business, right? The guy or the girl who brings in the most revenue can get away with a lot more stuff than the person who doesn't bring in anything. I mean, the treatment level, what I always say this, what think about what on the newest Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Uh, think about all the things that Johnny Depp could do that would not get him fired from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie versus what the lowest PA could do. If Johnny Depp wants a roast beef sandwich with, you know, like only two pieces of lettuce on it and you show up and it's got three pieces of lettuce – you might get fired as a PA. If they walk in on Johnny Depp and he's beating the crap out of some girl on the set, they probably pay the girl off and they keep filming the movie. I mean, like that, right? I mean, that's the reality. And that Unless doesn't just video. And then yeah. The, well, the, even if there's the mob will get them. Even if there's video, they'd probably just buy up the video too and try to avoid it getting out. And my argument has been: Let's talk about Ray Rice. Like everybody says, oh, Ray Rice is not in the league because of that video. That's crap. Ray Rice is not in that league because he averaged three point one yards per carry when that video came out. If Aaron Rodgers had been punching Olivia Munn on that video, if Tom Brady had been punching Giselle on that video, it would have been an even bigger story because Olivia Munn and Giselle are more famous and because Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are more famous than Ray Rice. But an NFL team would be employing one of those guys because they're that good at quarterback. Do you doubt that? Uh, I don't doubt that. I, I, I think that the, the backlash about the way – the Ray White situation was handled, made him tougher to sign. You know, they had just suspended, suspended him, him immediately for the, six games. Four games. Yeah, I think he would have gotten a chance, to be honest. I think the way it was handled, all the media attention that came to it, because, you know, if, if, if you remember, it was, it was a two-game suspension, the video leaked out, then it was indefinite suspension, and it went to, what, six games, and, like, it was just back and forth. And I think it had just been four games or six games, however they wanted to do it, I think he might have had a chance. Like he didn't even get really workouts, which I, I think surprised me a little bit. Um, but look, Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson aren't getting workouts, right? They're not. They're not signed with anybody right now either. So I do think that a little bit of the Ray Wright situation has to do with his talent level. But also, I do think you can't discredit the media like um, onslaught that happened with the way the situation was handled. Yeah, there's no doubt. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz, a longtime NFL lineman, now retired, about to head down to the Caribbean for his second Caribbean trip in recent history. Tough life. Um, okay, when you, when you look at, uh, at those situations, um, and, and, and I do think they're, they're fascinating, what do you think happens with Colin Kaepernick? Does he end up on a roster? Like, what's the end game of this story? How does it play out? When does it finally end, at least in terms of him being on another team? After the draft, I, I truly think that that teams will after the draft. So after the draft, what happens is is you know there, there are veterans that wait and they wait to see what situations um, end up opening up for them. But teams after the draft, they go over their roster. They say, hey, we still need a quarterback. Look who's out there: Kaepernick, Cutler, 
I mean, I'm not sure who else would, would be really out there. And then they weigh their, you know, how much are we going to pay the guy? Is he worth it? I, I think the cap could do well in Cleveland. Um, I think he would actually do great as a backup for Cam Newton. I mean, they have Derek Anderson here in Charlotte. They're not going to sign. They're not going to sign cap. Um, but I think there's certain spots for him. And, and it comes down to as well is does cap want to be a backup? Does he want to be a starter? Will he wait for an injury? I mean, if he's, if he's hell bent on being a starter, um, then he's going to have to wait till after the draft at this point. I don't see anyone, you know, maybe, maybe Houston misses out on, on Romo and they want to sign cap. I mean, I think there's a lot of moving parts here. So I think he eventually gets signed for what money. I don't know. Um, but I do think he'll be on a roster in the, you know, when training camp starts. Jeff, my man, thanks as always. Enjoy St. Martin. All right, take care. That is Jeff Schwartz. I am Clay Travis. He's off to St. Martin. I'm off to the next segment of this show. It's Wednesday. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis up next on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, enter the AutoZone Rev Up Your Refund instant win game and sweepstakes for a chance to win $30,000 or other prizes. No purchase necessary. Ends 4-17-17. Must be 18+. Visit AutoZoneTaxTime.com. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I've been on this uh, a decent amount because I think it's one of the most hypocritical things that the NFL does and that many other sports leagues have done as well. And it's be opposed to legalized sports gambling. You guys know that I love to talk about sports gambling. Did not have a good weekend with the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 picks. Doesn't mean I still don't love sports gambling. In fact, I just put up my picks for the final four games, for the game between Oregon and North Carolina and the game between South Carolina and Gonzaga. Can't wait to watch both of them on Saturday. We'll obviously talk a lot about those uh, those games later in the week. But just so you know, early preview, I am taking both the underdogs. I've got South Carolina plus seven, and I am also taking Oregon plus five in that game. I think both the underdogs will keep it close. I think those are big lines. I don't anticipate runaway games. Now we'll probably see Gonzaga and North Carolina absolutely blow them out now that I've taken close games in both of those. Uh, But I think it should be pretty entertaining. By the way, did you guys see also that Gonzaga Xavier was the lowest rated regional final in 20 years? I know there are a lot of nervous people at CBS because there's only one real brand name in this Final Four, Gonzaga, South Carolina is going to do an awful number. For all of the talk that everybody puts out there about how they love to see underdogs and how they want upsets and everything else in the NCAA tournament, that may be true for the first couple of rounds, but once you get to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and the Final Four, the public votes with their eyeballs, and the public wants big national brands there. So maybe North Carolina, because they're a huge draw, will help out there. Oregon obviously brings in the West Coast to a certain extent. So I think the North Carolina-Oregon game will do fine. But man, if it were, for instance, an Oregon-Gonzaga final, or if it were an Oregon-South Carolina final, that would be tough for CBS on Monday night. A lot less people would watch. But we talked a lot condolences to Oakland about the loss of the Raiders to that fan base and what it means to Las Vegas to get a team and in particular I've focused on the idea that it's going to be very difficult for the NFL or the NHL two leagues that have opposed legalized sports gambling to maintain that opposition given they are opening franchises in Las Vegas the mecca of gambling and of course the mecca of sports gambling Roger Goodell hadn't spoken about it yet But he was asked about it yesterday, and here was his response when it came to the NFL's position 
on legalizing sports gambling? I think society in general has a little bit of a change as respect to gambling in general. Uh, we've seen that. Uh, I think we still strongly oppose in that room and otherwise uh, legalized sports gambling. Uh, the integrity of our game is number one. We will not compromise on that. But I also believe that uh, Las Vegas is not the same city it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Uh, it's a much more diverse city. It has uh, become an entertainment mecca. It is the fastest growing city in the country. So I, I think when you look at what Las Vegas is today, what it was a decade, two ago, I think it's a much different city. All right, this is frustrating to me on several levels. First of all, the NFL is incredibly hypocritical here. You cannot open a season in Las Vegas and play eight regular season games and two preseason games where everybody can go straight from the sports book to your games gamble on them all over the state of Nevada and also be playing in London where people can literally walk across the street from Wembley Stadium and bet on your NFL games and argue somehow that sports gambling is making the integrity of your games less valuable than it otherwise would be. That's absurd. All right. That's just an argument that has no basis in reality whatsoever. And it is incredibly frustrating to me anytime anyone puts out an argument with no legitimacy behind it, and there's hardly any pushback. So here's the simple truth. Legalizing sports gambling actually improves the integrity of NFL games because we catch people who are trying to fix games through the proper channels of legalized sports gambling. In other words, shining sunshine and sunlight onto the sports gambling arena makes it more difficult to fix games. Why is that? Because the places where you can get the most dollars down on games legally, hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes millions of dollars on games, individually wagered, is in Las Vegas. So if suddenly all the abnormal betting patterns occur and tons of money rolls in on one side or the other, that's when the game gets flagged. That's how people who are fixing matches have actually gotten caught in Europe where sports gambling is very legal. It's not by uh, going ahead and not allowing the flourishment of sports gambling. It's by trying to restrict it and making it take place in back alleys. If you allow these games to be wagered on as openly and transparently as possible, you eliminate the idea that there's going to be any match fixing going on, any games that are impacted by the lines. I think it's totally hypocritical of Las Vegas to take of, of the NFL to take all this money from Las Vegas to take away a team from Oakland and put it right down in the middle of the desert where the gambling center of the world, other than Macau and China, is taking place, and then argue, oh, you know what? But our long-standing opposition to gambling remains intact. I think that Roger Goodell needs to be slammed over this. I think the NFL owners need to be slammed over this. You can't take all this money from Las Vegas, and you can't build this big fancy stadium with all these different gambling interests involved and then argue that your longstanding opposition to gambling remains apparent. Now, where Roger Goodell is true here is that the average person listening to me right now has absolutely no opposition to gambling. In fact, the average person listening to me right now, the younger you are, the more likely you are to be pulling out your phone and gambling in an offshore account, even though it's technically illegal under American law. And to his credit, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has pointed out that when he goes to NBA games and he sits in his stands and he looks around, he sees the younger element of his fan base 
pulling out their phones and gambling, halftime lines, gambling on all different sorts of prop bets. It is the very foundation of sports, literally, I think, nowadays, gambling. Certainly, it's the foundation of the NCAA tournament. That's why people watch to a large extent. That's why tons of people who haven't watched a single game in college basketball all year suddenly tune in on Thursday and Friday because the bracket is a huge appetizer for gambling. Guess what? You're violating American law and technically behaving in an illegal fashion if you are putting $20 or $10 or $5 or whatever the number is into a bracket challenge. That's technically illegal. You are violating the law. Now, I think that's absurd if your local business has a bracket challenge or you and your friends filled out a bracket challenge or you put money based on how your bracket did. I think every single person listening to this right now would say, what, that's illegal? Yes, it's illegal. That points to the absurdity of American law, but it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be changed. The NFL should be a driving force right now behind changing the law about sports gambling instead of being hypocritical now that they're putting a team into Las Vegas. Up next, we're going to entertain you for sure. It's the anonymous mailbag, and we've got some doozies of questions to hit you with. If you haven't heard the anonymous mailbag yet, it's the best thing on the internet. And now it's the best thing on morning radio as well. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. I am Clay Travis, joined by Jason Martin, Danny G, and Robert. And it is time for the greatest segment in radio history. You love it, you want it, you need it. It's the anonymous mailbag. You've got mail, mother Anonymous mailbag! Clay, I'm a South Carolina grad and lifetime Gamecock fan, so you understand my athletics futility. I also happen to be an ordained minister. I have a friend that is willing to pay for my flight and hotel room if I go to Phoenix for the Final Four. Here's the problem. I'm scheduled to officiate a wedding on Saturday. I've known the groom and his family for over 25 years. We're close. He's a huge basketball fan who would completely understand. But his mom and his bride, they would not understand. What do I do? Am I a jerk for even considering this? You're not a jerk for considering it. And for those of you who don't know, maybe you're in your car right now, by the way, before I answer this question, I'm of the belief that I'm the King Solomon of the Internet, and I have now become the King Solomon of radio as well. Every Tuesday on my website, it's one of the most popular websites uh, for sports in the country, Outkick the Coverage, I respond to your questions via email. I have a public email address. Anybody can reach out to me at any point of the day, at any point. I'll read them. I don't always respond because I get too many of them, but I'm claytravis at gmail.com. And these questions are legitimate questions from Outkick the Coverage readers and listeners that I try to solve. If you disagree with my, uh, my ideas, uh, my, my solutions to these problems, will allow you to fire back, as always, now on air. And also, if you have questions that you would like for me to solve, I can do that live on the air as part of the Anonymous Mailbag segment. Okay, so back to this question. South Carolina preacher who has got a wedding scheduled on Saturday. He's also a huge Gamecock fan. They haven't won an NCAA tournament game since early in the 1970s, I believe something like 1973. They are playing against Gonzaga in the, I believe, early game on Saturday out in Phoenix. Whew. 
but he has got a wedding to officiate. First of all, I don't think you can bail on the wedding. I understand that the groom would give you a pass, given how unbelievably stressful it is for the bride and the bride's mother in particular, anytime there's a wedding that takes place, they would never forgive you. And given the fact that that is your number one job is to be a minister and to be liked by your congregation and by everybody else who follows you around, you cannot bail on the Saturday wedding. Here is what I would suggest instead, though. Buy a fully refundable ticket to Phoenix on Sunday, and if your Gamecocks get the win over Gonzaga and are playing in the title game on Monday against either North Carolina or Oregon, you fly out to Phoenix and you give yourself an opportunity to watch that title game live in person. If South Carolina loses on Saturday and they are a seven-point underdog, is it really that big of a deal if you miss the game? I understand that they're in the Final Four and it's a huge situation and everything else, but Final Four games, if your team loses, you travel all the way out there and you're like, oh, this is kind of stinks. If your team wins the Final Four game and advances to the title game, then I think you make the trip, you pull the trigger. That way you get the best of both worlds. Even if they lose the title game, you can say you went and saw South Carolina in the title game in an unbelievable run from Frank Martin and the seven-seed South Carolina Gamecocks. I think that is a perfect solution. Go around the horn. Boys, do you agree with me? We'll start with Jason Martin. Yeah, I was trying to find a different take on this, but generally I agree with everything you said. You do have to do the wedding. There's no way out of that, pal. Sorry. Uh, And this wasn't a scheduling snafu where somebody did something on Saturday during the football season. No one expected South Carolina to be in the Final Four, so you can't really blame anybody there. It's just rotten luck more so than anything else. And because, and if you can get a refundable ticket and everything works out, could be difficult because it might be a lot of people doing that, so it might be hard to to get a flight out there but if you can do it that's a very very good idea now I don't you know if South Carolina loses you may never get another chance to see him in the final four but angering your friend of 25 years uh, bride and mother and people that you've known for such a long period of time that's a no-go you got I'm do also it. I'm also not of the opinion that it, it's the final four and it's in a 70,000 seat football stadium right it's where the Phoenix Cardinals play they are sorry the Arizona Cardinals play their games right and I've been there and it's a fantastic stadium to watch a football game in but it's not a great place to go to watch a basketball game so I'm not of the opinion that it's that one that difficult or that impressive to say you went to a final four game So, yeah, you were one of 75,000 people who sat in an arena and you could barely see the court from the very top. Like I've been there, and I'm just not convinced that that makes it a good environment. Two, if South Carolina wins and eliminates Gonzaga, and let's say North Carolina wins, as they're expected to do, and eliminates Oregon, there's going to be nobody at that game. I mean, I'm just being honest with you all. That's so far from North Carolina and South Carolina that a lot of people are not going to be able to travel. I guarantee you could get into that game for like 10 bucks. It's not that difficult of a ticket. So I think that's the solution. I think it splits the baby almost perfectly. Again, I said I'm the King Solomon of the Internet, and I also said I'm the King Solomon of Sports Talk Radio. I think it's a perfect solution. Danny G or Robert, do you disagree? No, I mean, we like to disagree from time to time, but you nailed that one. Clay, it's pretty easy to tell that you are one of the world's top-rated <laughs> wedding DJs because it, you you understand how sacred that day is. 
You know, I, I do think I would be a good wedding DJ for people who have listened to this show for a long time. But you know what else I think I would be incredible at? There are a lot of things I think I would be incredible at. I don't lack for self-esteem. But you see that Judge Judy makes over $50 million a year? I think that I would be an incredible television judge. I've got the law degree. I'm quick. I'm not afraid to piss people off. I think that I would do an incredible job as a TV judge. If somebody's listening to this right now in L.A., you're up early, and you're like, man, I want to do a new TV judge show. I mean, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I'll have incredible ratings. I will absolutely kill it. All you got to do is call me. All right, so everybody's in agreement that I have solved that minister's problem. Let's go to question number two. And by the way, Opening up the phone lines, your calls, 877-996-6369. You can react. I think you're going to love this question, and there may be some difference of opinion on what exactly the appropriate thing is to do here. Long-time reader, first-time anonymous mailbagger. The wife of one of my friends dabbled in modeling for a couple of years prior to them getting married. Like many aspiring female models, she stripped down and took some nudes with photographers while building her portfolio, hoping to be noticed and maybe to end up in Playboy or some other magazine someday. A few of those pictures are posted on a photographer's website, and being a male with a penis, they have been observed while, well, you know, on more than one occasion. Two questions for you based on this knowledge. One, is pleasuring myself to them wrong? And two, do I have an obligation to tell my friend I'm aware these pics exist, meaning someone he knows, not just random people on the Internet, can see his wife nude on demand? I only see my friend and his wife once or twice a year on average, if that makes any difference. Okay, so let's go into both of these. Effectively, what we've got is a woman who worked in modeling, and as part of being a model, she got nude photos taken at some point in time, and those nude photos are still up on a photography website. So I'm going to take these in reverse order. First of all, I think it depends on how you found these nude photos. How creep mode did you have to go on the internet to track down nude photos of your friend's wife? If all you had to do, if you knew she was a model and all you had to do was type in her name and they come up on Google, then one, that's not very creepy. It's a little bit creepy because you're just searching your friend's wife's name. But, you know, if she's a model, that that's arguably you're, you're just trying to check out what she did as a model. She might have mentioned that when she was hanging out with you before. And so I don't think that's inappropriate in any respect. So I think you have nothing to apologize there. I think the bigger issue is, is it easily discoverable, right? Because I think in this day and age, just about everybody at some point in time has Googled their own name. And if you haven't Googled your own name to see what's out there on the internet about you, I question all of your decision-making. So let me go around the horn here and see. Have you guys Googled your names before on the Internet to try to see what's out there associated with you? Now, partly it matters what your name is. Like Jason Martin may be such a common name that it's hard to figure out much about you. But have you Googled your name, Jason? Yeah, I have, especially since I started writing more uh, just to see kind of where what I've actually done is placed in the pantheon of all the Jason Martins throughout time and throughout history. And, yes, there are a lot of them. Uh, so, yeah, I've done it before. Danny G and Robert, have you guys Googled your name just to see what comes up on the Internet? A thousand percent, yes. I've also Instagrammed myself and uh, MySpace and Facebook just in case there's someone else trying to copy me. Yeah. I'm be catfished. Is it is it unanimous? Yes, for sure. Uh, because yeah, it's so almost I- like a credit check nowadays. I mean, even future employers will, will check their, you know, their hires that way. 
Yeah, see, I don't think there's any doubt at all about that. I think that that's 100%. If you are listening right now and you have not Googled your own name at some point, then I think you're lying or I think you're being woefully uh, behind the times or you're just so old, you're like, I don't care what people say about me on the Internet. You know, like you're like 70 years old. Like my dad has never Googled his own name. My dad is listening right now, and I guarantee you he's one of the only people right now who has never gotten on the Internet, never Googled his own name. So I think that matters. So if you can find these pictures just by Googling her name, then I think she has to know that the pictures are still up. So I think that matters. So how you found out, I think that's the most likely. If, she, if you can find them just by Googling her own name, then she has to know. So I don't think you're obligated. If you found out through creeper mode, then I think what you do is you claim that somebody else sent you the link, you tell your wife, and you ask her whether or not she thinks it's appropriate to ask. Now, on the other question, as to pleasuring yourself, if your wife or your husband has been involved in any way in sexy public situations, I think you have to assume that happens. And I, The example that I gave in the anonymous mailbag, Keith Urban is married to Nicole Kidman. The movie Eyes Wide Shut has several really sexy scenes, right? If you remember back in the day, 1999 film, Eyes Wide Shut. Jason Martin, you may even remember. Has Nicole Kidman been in a sexier movie than Eyes Wide Shut? I mean, she's done a couple of other things, but no, nothing like the Kubrick film. Nothing at all. Okay, so if you, I guarantee you that at some point, uh, before he was even married to her, Keith Urban watched Eyes Wide Shut and pleasured himself to those scenes with Nicole Kidman in them. I think it's accepted. I think it's normal. I think you have nothing to feel bad about there. All right, should he tell his buddy about his wife's naked photos online? What are the ethics here? I'm going to take your phone calls. This is the Anonymous Mailbag, the greatest segment in the history of morning radio brought to you every single Wednesday or Thursday, depending on the news. We're going to pick a day sooner or later. 877-996-6369. Load them up. React. 877-996-6369. Do you tell your buddy that his wife has naked photos up on the Internet? What is the play? I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, we just did the anonymous mailbag. It's going to rapidly become the most popular segment in the history of morning sports talk radio. We got your reaction calls coming in now. Let's go to, let me let you know, also Dan Wetzel, bottom of the hour, Casey Smith coming final hour. Those are our guests today. Superstar guest scheduled for tomorrow. That's all I'll say. I hate to tease names until we know whether the guest is actually going to 100% show up. But get on Twitter, at Clay Travis. The moment that we know for sure, I will tell you who that's going to be. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss the first hour of the show tomorrow. That's all I'll say. Tony in California. What's up, Tony? Hey. Hey, Clay. I I just wanted to comment. I know you went around the horn earlier asking about if you ever Googled your name. Yes. Um, One time I Googled my name. And uh, actually showed as a registered sex offender. Oh, my and God. the person was showing in the same city as me and on the same street just a few hundred blocks over. So what was – so is that a train, by the way, going by in the background there? No, I'm actually a truck driver, so it's uh, – So it's you, had, <laughs> you had the exact same name as a sex offender who lived in the same city and on the same block as you? Yes. So what happens then? That's awful news. I think you have to move, right? I, I would leave. I would move on, to a new on, city. If, yeah, it was on Megan's law, so I, I did move. Actually, not because of that, but yeah, I, I'm no longer in the same city. Has anybody ever confused you with the sex offender? 
Thank God, no. Are no. you married? Yes. So did your wife Google you when she was dating you and be like, hey, there's this sex offender with the exact same name as you from the same city who lives on the same street as you? Like, how did she find out about this? Um, I mean, actually, I don't think she knows yet, but she did try to stalk me at the time when we met. I didn't have any social media or anything, but she told me later that she did try to look me up and stuff, but I don't think she found that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the call. That's the worst. That's the worst news ever. I'm sure there are people out there with other guys or girls who have the same name as them, and they have they, like you're frustrated because you want your work or your search history to be what you are, assuming you don't have an awful background. And instead, but that's about as bad as you can get. A sex offender with the exact same name who lives in the same city and lives on the same street as you? That's awful luck. I would, I would, I'm not kidding about this. I would move cities if that were the case. I wouldn't want, especially if you have a unique name, that would be enough of a determining factor for me to leave a city. I would move to a new city just to avoid that, con- that, that issue. Let's go to uh, Mike in California. What's up, Mike? Oh, no. Mike, are you there? This is, why, this is why callers can't have nice things. Like, how complicated? I, I'm just in general. How complicated is it? First hour, we don't take any calls. First segment of the uh, second hour, no calls. We finally say, okay, we're going to open up the phone lines, take calls. How complicated is it to call a number, and when someone says your name, you speak? I, I will never understand. Look, I've been doing Sports Talk Radio for like six years. The amount of range of caller performance, it never ceases to amaze me. You can get a 10 and be like, damn, I'm so glad we go take calls. You guys really made plays. And you can get a 1. Like, I don't is – it, is it beyond comprehension that when somebody says your name, all I'm asking you to do is call a number and then speak. I talk for three hours every day plus my OutKick show on Periscope and Facebook. Talk for a lot of time there, too. It ain't that hard to talk. All of you pretty much talk all day long. All you have to do is dial a number, and then when somebody says your name, you speak. Like this, Michael in Kentucky. What's going on, guys? We are excellent. What's going on, Michael? Oh, nothing. Hey, uh, you were talking earlier about if my buddy pulled up or was going to tell me something about my wife's uh, pictures, new pictures online, if he found out about it, would he tell me? Yes. Okay. Well, number one, why would he be Googling my wife? And number two, if there were new pictures of my wife online and she was like a model or something, I would probably know that, but I would still get pissed off at him if he put their, you know, pulled them up and, and Wait, if and you're, tell me you, about you think if your buddy was, if you found out that your buddy's wife was a model and she was hot and he Googled her and then found naked pictures of her, you blame her for that? You blame him for that? No, I, I don't know if I would get mad about it. I guess I would get mad at the situation, but wouldn't you kind of feel weird? You know, your buddy's sitting there Googling your wife online. She's some kind of model and you have him over one day and knowing that he's been online sitting there in some room with a computer looking at your wife's naked on a computer, you wouldn't feel weird about that? I'm not saying he's not going to be your buddy no more, but it still would make you feel like ignorant. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I would just ex- I would just expect it. If my wife yeah. were if my wife were really hot and had made a living as a model, you know, like let's say like Andy, we've had Andy Roddick on the show. We, right. we should, you know, I should call Andy Roddick right now and ask his opinion on this, or I should text him. 
Do you assume that your guy friends – and thanks for the call. Thanks for the call, Michael. Do you assume that your guy friends have all Googled your wife's pictures immediately? Like, he married Brooklyn Decker. We had Brooklyn on the show at the Super Bowl. Very attractive woman. She's been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I assume that the minute that Andy Roddick said, so guys, I'm starting to date this girl named Brooklyn Decker. She used to be an SI model. That every one of Andy Roddick's friends immediately ran straight to their computer and pulled up Brooklyn Decker photos. Wouldn't you? I mean, I, I would, yeah, I would 100% Clay, assume that that was what my buddies would do. That's what well, I would do. Well, yeah, but that's Brooklyn Decker, or that's Nicole Kidman. The one argument I would make is, based on the way that the letter was written, it was she was an aspiring model. It's not like she's famous, so it's not like you're going to find Tiffany Amber Thiessen when she was 20 or something like that. It's like you're going for somebody that's an amateur that didn't end up becoming a model. I'm not sure that that's entirely the same thing as going to look for Brooklyn Decker pictures. Okay, but I haven't I haven't ever Googled any of my friends' wives. But exactly. if I knew, but if I knew that they had been a model, I might have done that at some point. I don't, I don't think that would be uncommon at all. And I certainly would have done it when they first started dating. Here's an easy way to think about it. When your friend says he's dating a new girl, do you go to her Instagram account and immediately scroll through to look and see if there's bikini photos up? I think every single guy who's like in their 20s would do that. Not only because he cares about the girl that his buddy is dating, but also because he's like, I wonder how hot her friends are. Oh, I want to get hooked up with so-and-so. And you go through. Like, I think this is so common now that going on Facebook, going on Instagram, going on any social media account, Danny G and Robert, only one of you is married. But don't you think that that's incredibly common? Like when your buddy says, I'm dating this new girl, don't you think that it's pretty common to go search out her social media profile and see what she's like, and then partly also to see whether or not her friends are hot? Oh, a thousand percent, thousand percent, Clay. But one thing I will say, going back to the, uh, the question that the anonymous mailer sent in, is he mentioned that he liked to... Um, you know, pleasure himself yeah, with yeah. some of these photos. Does he not have the internet? I mean, who goes back in time 10 years to find old, nude, still photos when there's thousands of free streaming websites you can get in actual Well, that, that's a fascinating picture. question. Like, why is the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue still popular? Like, who are all these guys who don't otherwise have access to girls in skimpy clothing? I mean, Instagram basically exists as a way for hot girls to get more attention than hot girls already get, right? The reason why Facebook is now a $300 billion company is or $400 billion or whatever it is, is because early on in his, in his tenure creating Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg realized that everybody wanted to know if somebody had a boyfriend or girlfriend at college. And you didn't necessarily know. If you're walking around a college campus, you knew a ton of girls or a ton of guys that you had never quote-unquote actually met, Right. Everybody who's ever been on a college campus, and if you went to a big enough high school, there were guys or girls that you were interested in that you had never met almost solely based on sight, and you could figure out a lot of information about them before you even knew anything else, right? So Facebook was basically the ultimate, who is this person, what's their relationship status, and everything else, and then Instagram just took it to the next level. Instagram is basically an opportunity to find out like anything and everything about uh, about every single individual. All right, speaking of that, we are going to go talk to Dan Wetzel now. I'm going to ask him about all sorts of important questions, such as what did he think of Jay Cutler's ass? We haven't touched on this yet. Jay Cutler, nude photo up. Kristen Cavallari, God bless forever. 
Laguna Beach. Put up pictures of Jay Cutler's ass on the internet. We'll see whether Dan Wetzel thinks he had a good ass or not. Plus, how unbelievably hypocritical is the NFL over the Las Vegas Raiders move? And what does he think about the decision of this dude when it comes to nude photos online? I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. But first, I've got to tell you all about a new advertiser, and I've got to make sure that I don't screw all this up because there's lots of details here. So listen up. Do you like Major League Baseball? Most of you do. Well, then you need T-Mobile because they're giving away a free year of MLB.TV premium. That's $112.99 value, absolutely free, and only for T-Mobile customers. And yes, here's the best part. With T-Mobile One, unlimited data means unlimited baseball. Here's how you get it. Get T-Mobile, obviously. Second, download the T-Mobile Tuesdays app from the App Store. Third, and this is important, on April 4th, Get your free year of MLB TV premium in the T-Mobile Tuesdays app. Remember, April 4th, get your free year of MLB.TV premium through the T-Mobile Tuesdays app or go to T-Mobile.com, T-Mobile.com backslash MLB. The top 3% of data users, that's greater than 30 gigabytes a month, may notice reduced speed, activate HD feature. Otherwise, video typically streams at 480p. Web-enabled mobile devices and qualifying service required. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission blackouts and other restrictions apply see terms of use for details i am clay travis this is outkick the coverage up next it's dan wetzel what did he think of jay cutler's ass here on fox sports radio welcome back to the fox sports radio studios brought to you by geico it's easy to save 15 percent or more on car insurance with geico go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO the only hard part figuring out which way is easier and This is important because I keep getting links about people getting killed by trains. I thought we were going to drive down the train death rate to zero. It hasn't happened yet. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Bringing in now Dan Wetzel. Dan, what did you think of Jay Cutler's ass? I'm sorry, say that again? (laughs) What did you think of Jay Cutler's ass? Did you not see the nude photo of Jay Cutler that Kristen Cavallari posted? I uh, so I heard that there was a uh, a shot out there of this, and I have so far avoided it. Really? Because I would yeah. think it's almost impossible to avoid on social media. So I retweeted it. I was kind of impressed. It's like cut your your. I think your retweet had it cut across. It probably, oh yeah. Generally, when when uh, you know male barriers are floating around social media, it's probably because of you. <laughs> there is a good uh, good possibility there. I actually thought. That his, his butt was better than I anticipated. Like, I don't think that Jay Cutler's in great shape. You know, if you told me that Tom Brady had a good butt or if you told me that Cam Newton had a good butt, I'd be like, okay, those guys seem like they're in really good shape. If you told, like, who's the worst? Like, if you told me that Byron Leftwich looked really good with his butt, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not buying into it. Ben, Roth- ben Roethlisberger, I don't, think I, see- I don't think I want to see that. Who has the worst ass in the NFL for starting quarterbacks? Probably Roethlisberger would be my best guess. But I thought Cutler would be on the downside. I actually got to say I'm pretty impressed. Now I see how he got Christian Cavallari. So uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. First off, he's probably not in great, not in the best shape for an NFL quarterback, right? I mean, like the standards. Yes, being but for a normal dude, he's in decent shape. Just money that he scored, Kristen Cavallari or whatever her name is, and he got her at like peak. Like she wasn't like a a fading reality star at that point. She was that was when her she was really a star. Now she's just like. I don't know, the one that posts these pictures. So, I don't know. I uh, I have so far avoided it. I I would imagine he, he's a fine-looking fella. 
final. Have you season. have you ever seen Laguna Beach or The Hills, an episode of either show? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Laguna Beach was a good show back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, to... yeah. It's all fake. Remember they, made, they, they showed how fake it was at the end? Oh, yeah. No, it was fantastic. I, 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 I preferred to believe. Even faker than most reality television. Even faker than most reality television is saying something. Uh, speaking of even faker than most reality television, Roger Goodell has finally come out and said that the NFL remains committed to their position where they don't believe that sports gambling should be legal, basically. You absolutely torpedoed that argument. How dumb is it? Oh, this one just pains me. It, uh the same argument they've had forever and it's just it's classic nfl and nca and they really drive it at this point the nba says we don't care we're in favor of it the nhl says we don't care almost nobody bets on hockey anyway so i don't know why we're asking them but the the nfl and the ncaa can stick to the dumbest arguments of all time and this is it they basically say the reason we're opposed to or uh to legalized sports wagering is because we want to protect the integrity of the game. They're worried about point shaving and game fixing. Every single study by the FBI, by the casino industry, by local law enforcement, by anybody for decades, I've been writing about this for decades, says the best way to encourage game fixing and point shaving is to make gambling illegal the best way to combat it is to make it legal they literally hold the stance that is the exact opposite of what is reality the best way to stop point shaving is to have casinos like if you have the fbi what's your best way to stop it they say it's because of the casinos because they can in real time monitor how the gambling is coming in and they can, and you say all of a sudden, right at the end, you know, one million dollars went in on this obscure college basketball game. We stopped the game because the, something happened. The only way to know that is if people are going into Vegas and plopping down money, or if you expand it out. The real time data of how the gambling and how the the lines are moving and anything that is erratic is the it's the you know it's your security system it's your you know home invasion alarm that goes off for this stuff so for them to cling to the idea that the best way to do it is to keep it underground and make it criminal just i don't even i don't even know how to describe it anymore it's just so dumb and it just it pains me when that's their reason for for their stated reason for this Amen. It's a great column. You can go read it at Dan Wetzel uh, on Twitter. You can find his Yahoo Sports column. The Final Four is here. Used to make a living covering college basketball. On Monday, I came on and I said, John Calipari's had 28 NBA draft picks. North Carolina and Duke are the next closest with 14 draft picks each. Therefore, I believe it's fair to say that John Calipari has underachieved in that he's only won one NCAA title. Is that a fair argument by me or an unfair argument in your mind? Uh, I think that if you if the standard is how many national titles you have won, then I would say it is a fair argument. I don't necessarily know if it's a fair conclusion, but it's certainly a fair argument. I mean, he's, he's loaded up with players every single year, and he's got the talent. And, you know, I think – Certainly, the year they were thirty-eight and zero and be and lost Wisconsin in the Final Four. I mean, that was really the year to have number two. It's hard to win this thing. You have three hundred teams chasing it, and you legitimately have seventy-five teams that can make a Final Four. 
So it, it's hard to win them, and you've got to get the right mix. But in terms of pure talent, nobody's had more than than Calipari. Um, and so you, I think it's 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 a reasonable it's a reasonable complaint. Uh, I would go back to other things though, where like you know Dean Smith had ungodly amounts of talent and only won two, and that was over you know thirty seven years. You know different things like that. It can be very difficult to do, but if you compare it, I would say to football, where you say, look, who's got the best talent year in year out? Uh, it's Nick Saban. Nick Saban's won how many times? Won five, six, five of the last twelve. Yeah, so I think that's where it's a very reasonable argument. Look, it's a one-and-done tournament. It's a tough thing to do. But at some point, I think Calipari could use a second, a second title uh, if you're going to load up on recruits, if that's, if that's your standard. Are you excited that Oregon's basically in their first uh, Final Four, unless you count 1939? Gonzaga's finally there. You probably know Mark Few a little bit, I would imagine, over the years. And you've obviously got Frank Martin at South Carolina, but that's three non-traditional powers. Obviously, North Carolina is the bluest of the blue bloods. Is this a good Final Four in your mind, or not a good Final Four from the perspective of being excited to watch it? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm a little lukewarm on it, actually, which is, is kind of surprising. I, one of the things I do like about college basketball is the diversity and the opportunity, the idea that you can construct a program like Gonzaga, you know, a Jesuit school in Spokane, Washington, and you can build a program up to the point where they're they're a number one seed and they're they're competing, or a team can get hot, or you know, something can get can get rolling. I find that to be the fun part. Where I think in college football, it's the same the same schools kind of year in year out. Um, so I kind of like it, but then at the same time. I don't, maybe I would pick different ones, but I, I think I'm more interested to see what Gonzaga does than, than Oregon or, or, or South Carolina. They're both great stories, I just, particularly South Carolina. I, I kind of feel like South Carolina, I mean, the most likable team ever, and I like Frank Martin. I've known him for a long time, um, back to when he was in high school basketball. Uh, but it's almost like just a team that, that, a team that wasn't that good that just got hot. And so we'll see if they can close it out. But um, I don't know. I, I've kind of mixed emotions on it. I'm not that. I'm not that excited about this thing. Sometimes you just kind of it, see the NCAA tournament is like a as a product. There's like two parts to it. It's that wild first weekend where where these small schools can win and everyone's rooting for underdogs and all that. And then generally in the end you get the final four and it's that's when you get. Kansas and North Carolina to play with a game on the line. Kind of like, the you know, what was the best game last weekend? It was Kentucky-North Carolina. Like, it, it felt epic the whole time. And so, I think it's missing a little bit of that. Although, I do think if we get a Carolina-Gonzaga final, um, that would probably make up for it. We're talking to Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports National columnist. Last question for you. My wife came to me the other day. She said, I am so sick of this Colin Kaepernick story. Stop talking about it. I put up a poll question. Everybody says they agree. You write for Yahoo Sports National columnist. You've heard over the years, I'm so sick of Tebow. I'm so sick of Favre. And what do people do? They still read the articles like crazy. They're lying to themselves. They aren't actually sick of it. Do you think people are actually sick of Kaepernick and not reading the articles? Because I see the numbers, and they still seem to be reading it out, kick insane amounts about Colin Kaepernick. Uh, or is that real? Like, what do you see in the data when you write about Yahoo? If you wrote a Colin Kaepernick column today, would people still read it like crazy? They'd still read it. Yeah, they'd still read it. No question. Um, people hate the Kardashians. Uh, show's still on. <laughs> no, it's true. 
it, they hit it a is, lot of things. It, it yeah. is Brett Favre was the perfect example. Everybody claims, oh, I hate Brett Favre. Everybody claims I'm so sick of Tim Tebow. And then you look at the data of what people want to click on to read, and it's Tim Tebow and it's Brett Favre. Tim Tebow is the most uh, interesting baseball player in America right now. And and, and he's, a, what, a single-A farmhand? <laughs> yeah. If you put it up on the front page of Yahoo, everybody clicks. Absolutely. You know, I, I watched a video of him getting struck out by Max Scherzer the other day. You know, you know, you don't get struck up by Max Scherzer, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's but, so uh, true. Well, Tebow's trying. Let's see if Tebow can get a hit. I will. You know, like, boy, what it, what it, and then everyone's, people are defending him. People are laughing at him. I mean, it's like, well, everybody strikes out against Max Scherzer. Um, yeah, it's, it, Kaepernick's story, it also just drags in people who, I, I mean, I think we're at a point where we need something to happen, like this little angle is a little tiresome. You know, is is he being is he being held back because he stinks or because he uh, you know protested the flag? You know, it's kind of a funny. It's not really the most positive topic. Like, well, I'd, I'd say both, a little bit of both. Um, but I, I think we could use the next angle. But look, I covered two Colin Kaepernick games last year uh, and wrote I don't know how many games. You know, stories. Uh, you know, I flew to Buffalo to watch him play football. I read that it, article. It's it, it what it is. I mean, people are people are interested in the story. It's a huge story. It was a huge. It was a huge story that went far beyond football. And anytime you can have that, that's going to be that's going to be it. So, stop clicking on the, these stories if you want them. Everyone's always like, just write a good positive piece about a high school athlete. You know, it's like you know you don't read it. It's one hundred percent true. One hundred percent true. I got a great story on that when I come back for the next segment. Dan Wetzel, appreciate the time. Go follow him on Twitter at Dan Wetzel. And you can read him taking down the NFL over this ridiculous gambling stance. Final segment of the hour coming up. I'll talk a little bit more about Jay Cutler's ass. And I'm going to tell you a ridiculous story. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Enter the AutoZone Rev Up Your Refund instant win game and sweepstakes for a chance to win thirty grand or other prizes. No purchase necessary. Ends four seventeen seventeen. Must be 18+. Visit AutoZoneTaxTime.com. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I was talking to Dan Wetzel, uh, our last guest, at Dan Wetzel on Twitter, and he was talking about how the difference between what people say they want and what they actually want. And from a writer perspective, what I have is the ability to basically dive into my Twitter analytics and see exactly what people legitimately want versus what they say they want. And I'll give you a quick story here about that. A few years ago, St. Jude Hospital down in Memphis was having a cancer patient announce a draft pick. And that's a great story. Um, It was the first time that they'd allowed that to happen. And they said, we want you to write this story, Clay. So they let me talk to the, uh, the former cancer patient who had survived I think he had lost a leg and an arm. I mean, it was it was an incredible story. Kid was 13 or 14 years old, wrote up the story. People say, oh, that's so great. That's so sweet. And I can see in real time the number of people going on to the site. And so I'm like, okay, you know, this is the number of people who are interested in reading this article. Awesome story that the NFL and St. Jude are allowing this teenage cancer patient to come out and announce a pick. And that same day, Um, I believe it was Aaron Murray, the then quarterback of Georgia, came out and had a new girlfriend. And I got pictures of her, and I put them up on the site. And I said, 
new quarterback, you know, like a new girlfriend for quarterback Aaron Murray. Site almost explodes. People immediately hop on Twitter and they're like, I don't know why you cover quarterback girlfriends. And I'm like, literally, there are tens of thousands of people on OutKick looking at the pictures of the girl, uh, the new girlfriend. Hardly anybody reading about the NFL draft pick. Well, that's pulling back the brain and actually looking into what people care about. People say, oh, stop talking about Kaepernick. And then what happens? You write, you write about Kaepernick, they read about it like crazy. You talk about Kaepernick, they call it like crazy. People often lie about what they care about. Kardashian argument from Dan Wetzel was absolutely perfect. I don't lie what I care about here. And I care about having a good final hour of this show. That's what we're going to do next here on OutKick. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to OutKick, the coverage on the best there is out here. Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. Hour number three, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Did you guys see this story? There's a couple of stories out there we haven't hit on very much. Did you see the story about Kentucky fans flooding the Facebook page of referee John Higgins with all sorts of trashy reviews because he's also a roofer? (laughs) I didn't know this, but college basketball officials obviously have more than one job. And this guy, John Higgins, he has a roofing company. And these are amazing reviews. They started all giving him one star because they were so upset over the outcome of the Kentucky-UNC games. A fantastic game. Um, And these are all Kentucky fans, and these are their actual statements. Did you guys see this? Jason Martin, did you see this? Yeah, I saw it. Higgins, you know, because I live in Kentucky at least for another month, uh, Higgins has been taking it on the chin pretty much since the game, but he's also the guy who called the Wisconsin game. And the Kentucky fans still haven't forgiven him for that and believe that he was out to get them in that game as well. And they, I think there's a petition. I don't know if it's on change.org or whatever to say that he should not be allowed to ever officiate another Kentucky game again. Obviously, this, what happened against North Carolina in the first half and the fouls that racked up on De'Aaron Fox and some of the other key contributors for Kentucky uh, in the first 20 minutes kind of made it bigger. But yeah, going after his roofing business is very, very Kentucky fan of them. His phone number also got out, is my understanding, and he's been receiving death threats like crazy. I want to read some of these reviews that are out there, and this is pretty amazing. So I went on there. You can go check it out. It's on uh, it's, it's on a Facebook page if you feel like you want to give a positive review because this guy's just getting murdered online right now. I would encourage you to do so. Here is a Here's an actual comment from an actual person. This is Ian McLean. He says, you're an idiot. And I hope some crazy redneck hunts you down. You're everything that's wrong with college basketball. You cheated us against Wisconsin, and you've cheated us versus UNC. If it wasn't for you, we would have 10 national titles. Do us all a favor and die in a fire. That is a UK fan actually posting under his own name, Kentucky fan, on the Facebook page of John Higgins, one of the officials who had the gall to call the game against Kentucky. And by the way, was it was it John Higgins who left uh, a player wide open for a jumper to win that game? Am I mistaken? Was John Higgins supposed to be on that man uh, after Kentucky hit three threes in 50 seconds to try to make this thing into overtime? Was it him who left the guy wide open for a jumper that ended the game? Or am I mistaken there? I think his eligibility was up, Clay. Oh, so he wasn't supposed to be defending? Was it Luke May? 
he wasn't supposed to be defending Luke May, who was wide open, hit a jumper. That wasn't his responsibility on that, uh, that Kentucky defense. Here are some other comments. This is from, and this is men and women. Teresa Carlisle says, if you will cheat and knowingly lie on one job, your reputation comes in question for all your jobs. Let's hope this bankrupts you. Honest wage for an honest day's work and all. I mean, this is incompetent at best. Just putting a reference to the fact that you're a referee. Of course, it's the wrong you're. This is Jeremy Burke. In your web address shows what a pompous ass you must be. I hope you're at the very least evaluated and fired for poor performance. Considering you were somehow given the nod for the final four screams that you want and that somehow the NCAA is pleased with your work. All eyes will be upon you. Let's see how you follow it up. This is just, I mean, these are amazing, amazing, amazing comments. Jamie Hensley, I think you're a disgrace to the game, a compromise to the integrity of the game. College, (laughs) people like you tear them down on a national platform. I only wish you the same amount of success and respect that you shown on this court. On this court, I'd rather drink turpentine and piss on a brush fire as to be in your shoes. I'd rather run backwards naked through a cornfield. I'd rather be dragged across a field of broken glass. Catch a clue. You're as sorry a person this world has ever seen. Hashtag no dignity. Hashtag not no diggity, although that would not be bad. Hashtag no dignity. Hashtag no class. Hashtag no doubt. So how does it feel, says Thomas Grace, to know that you're a crook, a cheat, and an idiot? I hope you get what is coming to you one day, sir. You reap what you sow, and so, of course, is misspelled. If you get picked for the Final Four as an official, it will be the first time I ever miss the Final Four. I refuse to sit and watch you destroy another team's dreams. They are the last team I would ever root for, but a spade is a spade. You're a crook. So did UNC invest in your roofing business? This is Josh Bates. I would bet money that you in some way got a huge payout after the game. Just admit that you messed up and have a gambling problem. So do you screw over your clientele the way you did the hashtag BBN? As crooked as you are, no way you could roof a straight line. Nice hair, (laughs) a-hole. These are all that John Higgins' company now has... 800, over a 1,000 one-star reviews because Kentucky fans have gone on his webpage. I think Kentucky fans are the dumbest in all of college sports. I mean, I've, I've ranked the dumbest fan bases over the years. And in my experience, by the way, these are not the people who go to the University of Kentucky. I would bet that there's not a single person who has gone on this webpage and written a negative review who is capable of getting into the University of Kentucky. But what you have happen is the same thing that happens with Alabama. You have all these people who have absolutely no intelligence, who have no like world knowledge, who have no conception for life other than college athletics. They don't even know where Tuscaloosa is on the map. They don't even know where Lexington is on the map. They're not capable of actually getting into college because they're too dumb. But this is Kentucky fans at its most basic level. They don't ever just lose, right? They don't ever just lose. They don't look to all the different things in this game that happened that could have, in fact, cost them the game other than the officiating. For example, Kentucky, for about four minutes, did not score down the stretch in this game. They did not score, not because of the officials suddenly playing great defense on them. They didn't score because they didn't take good shots, because they got confused by the Uh, situation in the game because when Roy Williams switched to his own, they had no idea what to do. After they hit a couple of miraculous threes to tie this game, 
John Calipari had an opportunity to call a timeout. Uh, the Monk hits that three, and we've got a tie game, and there's about six and a half seconds left, I believe, in the game. Right then and there, he has a timeout left. He could have called a timeout, set his defense, and said, hey, how about you don't leave Luke May wide open? You put in all your best defenders, and in that scramble situation, you don't leave a guy wide open for a jump shot. All of those things had a pretty substantial impact on the outcome of the game. Moreover, I think there was a pretty big five-second call that even gave Kentucky a chance to compete in this game. If you remember, UNC was up, I believe, four points and got hit with a five-second call. That was right before the first Marcus Monk, not Marcus Monk, uh, that's Marcus Monk was his brother who played at Arkansas, and I actually know pretty well, great wide receiver. Um, but, uh, but Monk drains the three, and they cut it to one. They could, did that, ha- had that happen because of a five-second count, which seemed, honestly to me, maybe even a little bit fast. Usually don't get five-second counts. Anyway, all this situation... I think it's pretty indefensible of Kentucky fans. I was reading directly off of all of these reviews in uh, this situation. And again, it's men and women. A cheater on the floor, cheater in business. How much money did you receive, says Madeline McClendon. 50 words or more. Well, I could write all day about this referee. This type of person does not need to be a referee. Hope he's fired for his little stunt on Kentucky. What a horrible person, says Alex Ogle. And a horrible company hired them to do a job. The entire first half of the job was like a blind man trying to call a basketball game. I mean, it's unbelievable. The guy's phone number is now out. They've had to report to the FBI all the death threats that they are getting from Kentucky fans. It is unbelievable. Again, you can go read these comments on the Facebook pages. These people are all doing it under their own names. This is extraordinary. And again, my favorite of all of these reviews comes from a guy who is obviously a total loser. His name is Ian McLean, and he said this is what he posted on this man's business webpage while giving him one star. You're an idiot. I hope some crazy redneck hunts you down. You're everything that's wrong with college basketball. You cheated us against Wisconsin, and you've cheated us versus UNC. If it wasn't for you, we would have 10 national titles. Do us all a favor and die in a fire. Woo! Big Blue Nation, baby. Best fan base in all of sports. Not. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage, and we will be right back. Your calls, if you want to dive in, 877-996-6369. Casey Smith at the bottom of the hour, final guest. And tomorrow, we have a spectacular guest. Get on Twitter right now. I'm going to reveal who it is just after this show ends. And trust me, you're not going to want to miss it tomorrow. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where it's time for the Geico play of the day. Miami Heat trying to hang on to a playoff spot in the East. Chicago Bulls nipping at the heels. Well, last night, Goran Dragic he tried to beat the Pistons just before time expired, and this is what it sounded like because his shot was off the mark, but Luckily for him, he has a good rebounder. Here's how Hassan Whiteside gave Miami another big win. Rebound tip under the basket. Dragic throws it up. Miss tip up. Oh wow! Oh my goodness! Whiteside tipped it up and in. Oh, oh yes! yes. That's oh a yes! Basket. Game over. That is a basket. Win. Without a win. doubt. What a tip in for Hassan Whiteside with no time left. 
97-96 victory for the Heat. Now they have a one-game up spot for the number eight overall playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. That's your play of the day presented by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Going to be joined here at the bottom of the hour by Casey Smith. In the meantime, we've been kind of going all over this UK fan insanity. 877-996-6369. They went after the business page of referee John Higgins for the belief that he has been throwing intentionally Kentucky basketball games over the past couple of years. They blame him for everything that has gone awry. Tim in Kentucky, up first here on OutKick. Tim, what's up? Hey, Clay. How's it going? I will tell you, Clay, um, I called uh, before. Now, I'm the one that was talking about pro football players getting paid too much versus soldiers. And I will explain why I can – and I'm not saying what they did was right. It's all wrong. And, and sending those messages are wrong. But that's not all of the Kentucky fans. See, you, you have to look at our state. Our state has been devastated here recently. Coal industry is going away. We have a lot. Not There's not much in this area for us. So Kentucky is a place where we can show our pride in our own state. So before I went out on any mission in combat, I always had to wake up and see if the Stars and Stripes, see if Kentucky won or not. And that would mean I'm going to have a good day. So we have a loyalty to where we grew up, and it's just like anybody else. But I understand, I understand that, but you guys, you understand as well, there are lots of places in this country where the economy is not great. And there are lots of places in this country where everybody roots for the local team. In fact, that's almost the entirety of the nation, right? I do not see, and I, I make a living doing what I do, writing and talking about sports. I do not see people from other parts of the country behave consistently as bad as Kentucky fans do. I mean, just, just being straight up. as I have written about virtually every possible team you can imagine across this country. NFL, NHL, college basketball, college football the most consistently dumb and vile people that I run across are Kentucky basketball fans. I mean, it is unbelievable to me how dumb they are. This doesn't surprise me at all. There are lots of teams that have been, they feel, mistreated by officials over the years. I don't see any of them going after a fan page of a referee like this to the point where he has to contact the FBI because of all the death threats he's getting. And I agree that's wrong. But I will say statistically, as you grow in basins, and statistically wise, you're going to get a 5% that are going to be out there that are going to send that. So you're talking 100 or so people that are crazy, and you can find it anywhere in the, in the United States. You can look at any fan base, and you'll find that percentage. So you're dealing with a small percentage, but you're claiming all of us. And I'm, I am not that way. Yes, was I upset at some of the calls? Yes, because all the point guards had two fouls on them right away. Uh, there were some calls around the rim. That should have been called that way. Then when the seventh footer from uh, North Carolina tipped the ball and that. All right, I, pr- I appreciate I appreciate the call. We don't need to like this is a national radio show. We don't need to go over like every single call and whether or not you agreed with it because you're wearing your big blue glasses. And I'm not saying every Kentucky fan is an ass. I'm saying as a fan base, I believe that Kentucky fan, but Kentucky basketball fans are the dumbest fan base in the country, and that they are one of the, if not the most, consistently foul when things don't go their way. And again, I write and talk about sports for a living. Alabama football is also awful. But Alabama football fans, I think, have gotten so spoiled over the success of Nick Saban that they don't complain like they used to. Nick Saban's won four national titles for them in the last, whatever it is, nine years. So they don't complain like this. 
John Calipari's only won one title for Kentucky in the last eight years. And I think part of this is Kentucky fans acknowledging and recognizing they have the best players and they still can't win. And so they're looking for an excuse as to why they're not winning championships. And instead of looking in the mirror and saying, maybe it's our coach. Maybe he's underachieving. Maybe the fact that we've had twice as many NBA players as any other team over the last eight years, we shouldn't be worried about what calls officials making in a game. We shouldn't be making him have to contact the FBI to report all the death threats that are rolling in to him when that guy wasn't supposed to be covering Luke May in the final six seconds of that game. That guy actually called a five-second count that gave Kentucky a chance to even tie that game up when they were down seven points with 54 seconds remaining. That guy wasn't the one who didn't have any idea what to do when they suddenly were faced with a zone defense that Roy Williams broke out for a couple of series down the stretch. That guy wasn't the one who blew a five-point lead with three and a half minutes to play by being unable to defend North Carolina and giving up too many made baskets. Blaming the officials is easy, and I'm not saying that officials are perfect, but Kentucky basketball fans have lost their minds. Why does the University of Kentucky, the only school in the SEC that riots after wins? Culture's broken. Culture's bad. It's a collection of, on average, really dumb fans that behave inappropriately. And I say that. You poll national sports writers and say, which fan base do you consistently get treated the worst by, regardless of what you write, regardless of what you do? They'll say Kentucky. Kentucky basketball and Alabama football are consistently the two dumbest and worst fan bases in America. Doesn't mean there's not a lot of good Alabama fans. Doesn't mean there's not a lot of good Kentucky fans. There are. But you have to self-police yourself, and you are allowing situations like this to happen. I'll tell you one thing. I went back and listened to the call of that basketball game from the broadcast network from Kentucky. They should be ashamed of themselves. They spent the entire broadcast complaining about the officiating. They are lighting a match and throwing it out there and allowing the fan base to believe. I mean, there are tons of people in Kentucky right now who legitimately believe that John Higgins, this official, Woke, wakes up every time he has to call a Kentucky basketball game trying to make sure that the Wildcats lose. I mean, there are tons of people in Kentucky who believe that right now. And I think they're taking their lead from the guy who called the game. I went and listened to it. Entire broadcast, he's complaining about calls. I don't know anywhere else where I see this. Obsession with officiating. You've got the best players on the court. Don't worry about the officials. Worry about your coach who can't win championships with him. Worry about why your coach has twice as many NBA players as everybody else and only has one title. Worry about why your offense collapsed down the stretch. Worry about why your defense left Luke May wide open in the final scramble situation in that game when otherwise it would have gone into overtime and you might well have beaten North Carolina. Don't blame this official. You're idiots. Everybody who is allowing fans like this to exist in the Kentucky fan base is responsible for them. You are helping to create that culture. And it's their media, it's their state, it's their culture that is leading them to being, I think, the worst fan base in America. Doesn't mean there's not a lot of good fans, but they are the worst fan base in America. Kentucky basketball fans. I've dealt with them all. Nothing like it. No pro sports franchise even close. And don't tell me, oh, it's because people care so much. People care so much a ton about sports all over this country. There are 
tens of millions of people in America every day who wake up and the first thing they think about is how their sports team is doing. And most of them don't behave like Kentucky fans do. That's just the truth. I'm Clay Travis. Casey Smith up next. What do I need to do here? Let's take a couple of calls. Brian in Western Kentucky. Brian, what's up? You are absolutely correct. Kentucky fans, and I am one of them, and I'm one of the biggest ones. And if anybody needs to check my credibility, I once waited in line for four and a half hours to get Ramel Bradley and Jamal Crawford's autograph. There you go. So, hey, and, does, and doesn't, I, this, aren't, doesn't this upset you that you have to deal with your fan base? I mean, this is something that I think reasonable Kentucky fans talk to. I have, look, some of my best friends are Kentucky fans, and they're like, I yeah. love our team, I hate, I hate our fan base. And we talked about this on Monday, Clay, but the problem is, we lost to Wisconsin because Frank Kaminsky was playing an All-American game, and he beat us. We lost on Sunday because we had inexperienced players, great players, going to be good players, but inexperienced players, and they let two seconds slip by. And the biggest problem is is people are missing the point of how great of a game that was. It was a fantastic game. Everything has turned into an analysis of the officiating, and I think that was the national championship game. And I don't think anything for – I'm saying this honestly. I don't think that anybody on the court for North Carolina or anybody on the court for Kentucky should feel bad about the way they played. I also don't feel like anybody should feel bad about the way they officiated. That game was as good of a game as has happened in the NCAA tournament. I think it decided the national championship. I think if Kentucky had won that game – there's a good chance that they would have beaten Oregon, and there's a good chance that they would have beaten the winner of Gonzaga, South Carolina, to win the championship. I think North Carolina is going to win it now. Yeah, and then one last thing is, this is what Calipari does. We have Calipari. He is going to bring in five-star talent again. We're going to make a run again. Is he going to win it? No, but he was like one shot away on a couple years of having ten championships instead of eight. So we're there. Just, people just need to relax. He's going to bring in more talent again. We're going to be competitive again. Just everybody needs to relax. Outstanding. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Brandon in Eastern Kentucky, and then we're going to take a break. Hey, what's up, Clyde? How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I had a couple things to say. Uh, how many comments was on that Facebook page? Like a thousand or something? You said. Oh man, one it's crazy. Review. It's crazy. Yeah, they, yeah. they had a thousand um, one-star reviews or something. All right. Um, how many Kentucky fans are there, though? Say, would you say there's 100,000 Kentucky fans? More than that. Look, I'm not – and thanks for the call. I'm just going to try to argue, well, look, the culture of Kentucky is bad, right? So you don't sit around and say, like, if a, uh, if a city has a murder rate, nobody sits around and says, you know, this city's got a ton of murders going on, but, you know, 95% of people aren't committing murders. Well, that's kind of defeats the purpose, right? Yeah. We're going to give you credit. I'm not giving Kentucky fans credit because some of them aren't awful human beings. You're allowing the awful human beings in your fan base to dictate what people think about your fan base. You need to self-police. You need to look in the mirror and say, why are we such complete asses that everybody else who covers sports and looks around and is a fan of sports, they're like, man, these Kentucky fans are awful. That's on you. That's not on me. That's not on the official. That's not on the fact that you lose jobs in Kentucky. That's on your fan base as a culture. And if you're a Kentucky fan and you don't suck, I guarantee you're listening right now and you're like, you know what? There's a damn lot of Kentucky fans who do suck. And I'm talking about it from the perspective of the SEC. And ain't like Ole Miss people are incredibly well-educated. And ain't like Georgia or Tennessee people are like, man, these are a bunch of Rhodes Scholars out here. But they all consistently perform 
and treat themselves and others in a much better manner than you guys do. Why is that? That's on you to fix, not somebody else. Kentucky fan base has an awful culture, and it is often dictated by the worst of that culture as opposed to by the best. Up next, Casey Smith. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Here's a question. You like Major League Baseball? Of course you do. Well, then you need T-Mobile because they're giving away a free year of MLB.tv premium. That's $112.99 value, absolutely free and only for T-Mobile customers. Oh, yeah, here's the best part. With T-Mobile 1, unlimited data means unlimited baseball. Here's how you get it. First, get T-Mobile, obviously. Second, download the T-Mobile Tuesdays app from the App Store. Third, and this is important, on April 4th, get your free year of MLB.tv premium in the T-Mobile Tuesdays app. Remember, April 4th, get your free year of MLB.tv premium through the T-Mobile Tuesdays app. Or go to T-Mobile.com backslash MLB, the top 3% of data users. May notice reduced speeds, activate HD feature. Otherwise, video typically streams at 480p. Web-enabled mobile devices and qualifying service require. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Blackouts and other restrictions apply. See terms of use for details. I'm like the Micro Machines guy. We bring in now Casey Smith. Casey Smith, what's up? How are you? I am fantastic. How are you doing, Clay? I am excellent. We talked a little bit about Jay Cutler's ass earlier on the show. One to ten, what would you give his ass? <laughs> I mean, I would probably give it like an eight or a nine, but I mean, he's a professional football player. That should happen. We actually talked about this in the studio up here in Boston yesterday. We were like, why couldn't we get a, a picture of Kristen Cavallari? Oh, like, can't we have this? Why, is it such, why isn't it such a double standard here? I mean, we should have had hers up there as well. Yeah, I would definitely have appreciated that. Um, if you don't know, Jay Cutler's uh, naked uh, ass went out on uh, Instagram courtesy of his <laughs> wife, Kristen Cavallari. Um, and I got to admit, I was impressed. Uh, do you think that they went over multiple photos? Do you think that she took multiple photos of her husband's butt before they picked the one that would go up on Instagram? Oh, absolutely. Like, I kind of picture them sitting there, like, trying to figure out, like, which angle of, like, the scenery is the best. I mean, like, at the end of the day, the guy isn't playing on an NFL team right now. They're in Mexico. He's got a smoke show wife. Like, even the caption she put up there was, like, so passive aggressive, like, oh, let the sea set you free. Like, <laughs> obviously, both physically and mentally. Like, I was like, come on, guys. I mean, obviously, it was funny and it was something to talk about. I'm like, that's probably not the best thing for you. But at the same time, who cares? It's just a naked ass. So uh, I thought it was great and entertaining, and I'd love to see more people do it so I have more stuff to talk about. No doubt at all. Speaking of stuff to talk about, the Boston Celtics have moved into the number one spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs. You were in Boston. You are now working up there for television. How much of a story, how much of a concern is this in the Boston area? Are people as ecstatic as you would expect that they are over now being the number one seed right now in the Eastern Conference? You know, Clay, it's actually an interesting debate right now because there's a whole contingency of people that are really excited that they are the number one seed. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of people are saying, okay, who really cares? Because they're going to eventually have to meet the Cavs, even though the Cavs right now are struggling. They still have LeBron James. They've still been able to do this in the past with whatever team he's on even if they're finishing the regular season poorly, he's still LeBron James. So it's like, okay, how excited can you really get about the number one seed in the Eastern Conference right now? I think the biggest story is trying to figure out what this team's identity really is. And I think that's what's going to matter down whether they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or not. Obviously, being the number one seed, you should. Um, but it's can this team be mature enough, get all on the same page to be able to give the Cavs a run, assuming the Cavs aren't actually imploding because – I think it's pretty safe to say if you've got LeBron James on your team, you're going to be fine. I mean, we've seen that in the last six years when he's made it to the finals. So um, it's kind of split down the middle right now. But from inside the locker room, Isaiah Thomas, uh, he's saying they don't think they're getting enough respect. 
that they don't have a guy like LeBron or Steph Curry, so the national media is not giving them that respect. So we'll see if the chip on that shoulder, uh, this team can kind of carry them to that, uh, whether they meet the Cavs or not. But uh, they're playing well, and hopefully it can continue for Boston fans. Are you going to watch tonight? Like right now, I would say the Warriors and the Spurs are probably the best two teams in the NBA. Obviously, they will meet in theory in the Western Conference Finals. Tonight, they play at 930 Eastern on ESPN. I'm pretty excited about it, but I'm also a little bit nervous that there might be a rest situation tossed out there that the Warriors might decide not to play their guys. How much of an issue is that for you in the NBA? Like, I'm excited. I'm going to sit down in front of my television. I'm going to put it on, but I'm also going to be checking Twitter, and I'm halfway expecting right before the game's coming on or a couple hours beforehand to find out that the Warriors aren't going to play their starters. Yeah, I mean, and that's a big issue right now. And for me, I'm not going to watch a game if they're not playing their starters because that's the whole reason I want to watch. It's because I want to watch a good basketball game. You know I mean? To me, it's like what's entertaining about not watching the guys that I want to see play um, at the same time, like I understand at this point in the season, if you want to rest your guys, fine, you have that right to do it. My biggest problem is when you see like people in December and January resting their guys for no reason. And we talk about the Cavs, I and mean, we've seen that uh, be an issue before. And it's like, okay, are, these guys are professionals. Like they need to be playing. That's what they're paid to do from a fan standpoint, obviously, especially if you're on the road and you go to, to watch LeBron and he's not there. Uh, it's unfortunate. But for me, at this time of the year, if you've earned a fact to sit, and they actually are tired, I think that's the key, uh, then let them. But it sucks as a fan. It sucks as somebody who's covering it because that's the only reason you want to watch, especially right before the playoffs. So I'm kind of on the fence when it comes to that. Um, I think that it's kind of ridiculous that people say, oh, they can't fly on their private plane and stay in their five-star hotel because their legs are tired. Uh, but at the same time, if you're going to do it right now, it's a good time to do it. We're talking to Casey Smith. Follow her on Twitter at K-A-Y-C-E Smith. All right, uh, we were just talking about the ridiculousness of Kentucky fans going on to an officials page and going after his uh, going after his professional. He's a roofer, evidently. Otherwise, in his in his normal life, and also oh, they've been making uh, harassing calls to him. Everything else. You covered the SEC, and you grew up in Texas, so you've been around your Cowboy fan, crazy fan bases in your life. What's the craziest fan base you, in your experience, have covered? Okay, so I'm a, a little bit weird because I grew up an Aggie fan. So, like, the what I've personally experienced, whether it's been in my professional life or my personal life growing up, was that the most ridiculous fan base was the University of Texas fans, um, especially when Texas A&M made the, the move to the SEC and Johnny Manziel was on the team. The stuff that you would see come out of Austin was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it's, I think it's that just kind of the hatred that you have, you know, whether it's Alabama-Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan, like you see these teams that just hate each other. And for some reason, no matter what, the University of Texas fans always could find something that would irritate me as an Aggie. For example, the last time that A&M ever played Texas in football, uh, they had a what we would call a walk-off field goal, obviously, the game ended. That game still plays on the Longhorn Network all the time, and that was in 2011. I'm like, really? Like we're still. By the way, A&M had a Heisman Trophy winner in there, and so um, I would have to go with that just because personal experience. But in the SEC, I mean, I think you've hit it dead on, Clay. I think Kentucky basketball and Alabama football are the two fan bases that if I'm on the sidelines and I say something dumb – or wrong, or whatever in their eyes, I'm going to hear it the most from those two fan bases, no question. 
Why do you – and my theory on that, by the way, is for – my argument is that Kentucky basketball fans are just Alabama fans in winter coats. And it's interesting. <laughs> my, my theory in general on this, and, I, and you'll, you've probably heard this before, Casey, but some people listening to the show might not have, is that there isn't uh, – there aren't other fan bases to dilute the stupidity in the state. Let me explain that really quickly. In, in Kentucky, there's no pro sports, right? So all they have is Kentucky basketball and Louisville basketball. And Louisville basketball is really kind of isolated to the city of Louisville. If you grow up in the city of Louisville, you're a fan of Louisville. By and large, Louisville fans are not as dumb as Kentucky fans because, one, they live in a city, and so they tend to be more educated. Two, they also are, as a group, more likely to be connected to Louisville because it's not some sprawling geographic expanse that represents the, the state. The same thing is true of Alabama and Auburn. If you are an Auburn fan in the state of Alabama, you probably are not a Fairweather fan. You're more likely to be from the area of Auburn or to have a family member who has gone to Auburn. Alabama and Kentucky attract all of the dumbest fans because they're the most successful teams in those states. And unlike other states where people care a great deal about sports, there are no pro sports teams. So let's say if you're in the state of Florida or you're in Texas or you're other places, then you're going to end up diluting the stupidity because people root for other teams. I live in Tennessee. People root now for the Grizzlies. They root for Vanderbilt. They root for the University of Tennessee, yes, which probably has the dumbest fans, but they also root for the Titans. (laughs) There's lots of different teams that people can root for, the Predators, whatever. There's lots of different big teams. In the states of Kentucky and the state of Alabama, all there is is Kentucky basketball and Alabama football for the dumb people, and they all flock there. And as a result, in the same way that the Manhattan Project, like you put all of the smartest people together and they created this unbelievable technological accomplishment, the opposite is true too. If you put lots of dumb people together, then the dumbness dominates and the dumbest people end up dominating that and it drives everybody down and that's what happens with Alabama football and Kentucky basketball. It's a mob mentality. And unfortunately, like all the great things that social media brings, that is one of the negatives that it brings them a platform that nobody would care that they had, you know, 10 years ago. So you've got a bunch of people who are pissed off about sports. And by the way, like you look at like the Alabama Auburn situation, like a woman actually killed her friend or sister or whoever she was over the Alabama Auburn football game. And nobody was surprised. Yeah. Like that, if that doesn't tell you how ridiculous that is, like that's, I mean, The fact that these emotions get so tied to these sports teams in places like you just mentioned where it's the only thing to do and to root for, like it shouldn't be surprising. But then you see stuff like the Kentucky fan base going after this referee. It doesn't surprise me at all. But I sit back and like, who are these people? Like, do they all live in their mother's basement? Like, how mad can you actually be that you just lost a basketball game? When, by the way, it's not like you've been winning national championships every single year. Like, this has happened. One team wins every year, and it's not always you. So, um, definitely when you've got a team that's the only thing to root for, the fan base is usually worse. That's not saying everybody, just like for UT fans in Texas. Like I have a lot of friends who go to Texas that aren't ridiculous, um, but whenever you get that emotion behind it and somebody pisses you off, uh, it's unreal what you see on social media. I know you get it worse than anybody else, Clay, but those of us who work in the media have learned the mob mentality is pretty much the worst thing available on Twitter. I love it, though. I'm a pig. I love playing around in the slop. <laughs> Casey, uh, enjoy it as always. We'll talk to you next week. That Thanks, is Clay. Casey Smith, K-A-Y-C-E Smith. And I want to remind you, if you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Your calls, if you want to dive in, final segment of the show, 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio.
live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios and drive the new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Loaded lines. Let's try to get to them all before we go to break today. Big time guest tomorrow. I'm going to be on Twitter telling you who it is here momentarily. So follow me on Twitter at Clay Travis. Let's go to Brian in Owensboro, Kentucky. What's up? Hey, man. Uh, sorry to be so rude, but did you drink a cup of stupid this morning saying all Kentucky fans are stupid? Yes, no, I said you're the dumbest. You're the dumbest fan there. base in America. No, no, you're you're just jealous because you're probably rooting for a losing team. Uh, who's dumber than Kentucky fans? Louisville fans because they root for Louisville. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. You know, I appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to John in Buffalo. As soon as you say okay, that, that, that Louisville that. fans are nowhere near as dumb as Kentucky fans. What's up, John? We have the horrible economy. We got probably some of the worst weather in the United States. We lost four Super Bowls. We haven't been to the, the playoffs in 16 years. But, you know, we love our team. So we might be the dumbest people, but we love our team, and we don't bitch and moan, Kyle. Thanks. You're talking about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, we all like Bills fans. Everybody well, I mean, likes again, a Bills fan. I don't buy the argument of, oh, the economy's bad here, so that justifies us going on a webpage and ripping an official who had very little to do with the overall outcome of this game. Again, he didn't leave Luke May wide open with six seconds to play after another official called a five-second count, which actually allowed you to come back from a seven-point deficit in the final 50 seconds of that game after you couldn't score for multiple minutes because your offensive sets were atrocious. Again, when you blame officials, you're moving outside of the realms of rationality. Control what you can control. You have the best players. You should win more often than you do. You're angry because you're not winning, even though you have the best players. Direct that anger towards your coach. Direct that anger towards someone who actually played on the court if you must. Or just recognize that it's 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds playing a game, and it's designed to be entertainment. Jared in Western Kentucky. Hey. What's up? Hey. Um, just as, an, uh, as a high school official myself, and I've also coached for 23 years at the high school level and four years at college, um, how many plays were there in the game? Hundreds. You know? I don't know how many shots there were. I mean, there were hundreds of different times up and down the court for Kentucky and UNC in that game. Exactly. And how many how many fouls were there actually called? I think the fouls were almost exactly even. I think it was like 18 fouls on Kentucky and 17 on North Carolina. And uh, several of those fouls on Kentucky were obviously down the stretch when they were intentionally fouling to put North Carolina on the well, free sure. throw line. Yes, and in the first half, I think North Carolina actually had more fouls than Kentucky. But the one thing that I said was, in the first half, the officials were too involved in the game, I thought, because you, know, you had – how many elite players sitting on a bench in the first half? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree game. with you. Way, way too many foul calls you know, in general. Jared, I appreciate the call. I'm trying to get everybody in. William in Owensboro. What's up, William? Yeah, yeah. Hello? Yeah, yeah what's up, I, William? I really like your show. The first time I ever uh, listened to it with any uh, – anyway, uh, the thing is that when I seen that replay of the, when he uh, guarded the player and Kentucky shot it, I mean, yeah, the three. In other words, uh, Kentucky should have guarded him closer. 
but I, I didn't see it in a real game. But the replay, I thought he should have been over by that man and, and blocked him. You a Kentucky fan? He's gone. What a way to finish. We will have an amazing was right. <laughs> We will have an amazing interview for you tomorrow. I can't wait. Hop on Twitter if you want to know who it is. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 